The following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the possible destruction of society as we know it. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. Today I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the world health organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. Chancellor Rishi Sunak, speaking at the daily Downing Street News Conference, said he was deeply troubled by the figures. The OBR warns that if the lockdown lasts three months, with another three months, let's say, of partial lifting, the UK economy could shrink by 35%. In January, I said in January. Video has a complete gap. On January 30th. What did your administration do in February with the time that your travel ban bought? A lot. A lot. And in fact, we'll give you a list. What we did, in fact, part of it was up there. We did a lot. I wish that I could go back home. Letters. Inside Newmarch House, there are 98 elderly residents. The majority have been exposed to COVID-19 by a worker entrusted with their care. Well, the Prime Minister insists, as he has done right throughout this crisis, that the medical advice to the government hasn't changed and it is safe for schools to be open. He says that the education of Australian children hangs in the balance as the nation responds to coronavirus. The omission from the propaganda video may be because President Trump and his team do not want you to remember what he said and did in February, such as this. By April, you know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it miraculously goes away. There are areas where community-to-community transmissions are unexplained. In the West, inner West, East and North of Sydney. From today, testing in those areas is being ramped up. Welcome to the ISOcast, an advice podcast for the isolation era. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen. Well, every day seems like a year at the moment, right? Since our last instalment, COVID-19 has had a renaissance in Tasmania, thanks to a bunch of health workers having an illegal dinner party in an underground warehouse. Well, maybe not the underground warehouse. You know, when we hit the 2020s, I was really expecting a return into the 1920s in some form. I was really hoping for like the hats and the radical dance moves, but it's looking a lot more like the depression with a little bit of prohibition and just a drizzle of international pandemic, which is a bummer, if I'm honest. Um, I had some really cool hats lined up and it looks like it's not gonna be a thing. To those of you planning on a 1920s themed murder mystery party at an underground speakeasy, maybe just do it over Zoom instead, if you can. Also, the Donald's version of history is amazing, and you should also check out his comparison to reality. It's truly phenomenal. Um, He seems to not know that we all remember a month ago. I mean, we do, right? What what month are we in? 
Oh God, who knows? Anyway, my guest today is Violet Ayad. V is a powerhouse, an actor, a writer, producer, and a fantastic singer. She's energetic, bloody clever, direct, driven, passionate as hell. She's kind of like Regina Spector, Natasha Lyonne, and Phoebe Alter-Bridge all wrapped into one. Anyway, here's a chat with her I had a little earlier. Hello. Hey, Violet. How you doing? Yeah, good. How you doing? I'm pretty good, thanks, pal. I'm I'm living the dream, really. <laughs> yep. Um. Uh. I, you know, what's going on with you, man? You out of work today? Who are you working for? Yeah. So I've kind of my life's just changed a bit in the last two days. So I've been offered um a job through the company that I was working for before, which. Yeah. They couldn't immediately give me a job when the office shut down, but then they've come along and been like, hey, there's like a bunch of people who need to buy alcohol delivered all of a sudden for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so the I alcohol delivery market. <laughs> the alcohol delivery market is the big market. It's the big it's one, It's taken folks. a surprising turn. Um, <laughs> and so there's a bunch of people who want to know where their six-pack of whatever Shiraz is at. And so... Um, there's a bunch more work just being on the end of that customer service line. So I was doing that, but it's kind of like two days of, well, it's been two days of training and it's a strange experience to be training. I think they like training 15 or 20 of us through a virtual chat room and yeah, right. all of the things you can imagine with passwords and, and access and yeah, it feels like, you know, you, you know when you get logged out of your account because you can't remember your password and then you do that thing where you like, eventually go forgot my password and then you go back and then you type in your new password and they go you have to make this slight adjustment and then you make the adjustment and it says that was the password you had in the first place <laughs> it's, it's that but like for eight hours at a time oh my god with 15 man. people so i mean not to not to fixate on that too much but it's a it's a strange time oh man here's okay so here's the thing how much does working for a company that distributes booze make you want to buy more booze well i I actually haven't been drinking very much at the moment, actually. Oh, really? I drank a lot more, I think, when I used to come home from the office. But where, well, my partner's not drinking at the moment, so there's that. Ah. But um, there is a there is a bottle of white wine open in the fridge most of the time. But yeah, I haven't been. Although today somebody was talking about a rushes, and I was like, damn, I really could go a rushes here <laughs> for the rest of this. <laughs> It's like, do I have to get up and go to dance? Do I have to put an order in? All that just kind of stops me, and I go, I probably just need to, probably just need a drink of water, actually. So that's they, where it ends. That's that's very <laughs> responsible behaviour, pal. <laughs> I'm also incredibly poor, so that probably has something to do with it too. I mean, the poverty is a factor. <laughs> Let's not overstate the poverty, V. Um, I'm absolutely yeah. with you there. I um, I got paid from Centrelink uh, this week for the first time, which is really exciting. For the first time for you or the first payment they've made this year uh, to anyone? First payment to me. I can't speak for everybody else, but um, since this COVID thing hit, I yeah. managed to pass it all in. Um, yeah. And guess what? It was a grand total of 337 bucks because I oh. did the outrageous thing of going to work for a company called Stage Milk um, and mm. I earned about 120 bucks through them. So obviously you can't have money that you earn from a job um, interfering with the money that the government throws at you. Uh, we can't have that be. So can- Wait, so that – hold on. So that was enough to like – Bust down your payment to like three hundred bucks. Correcto, from five fifty oh. down to three. It's like oh. cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. Great. It's called Great. Job Seeker, but what they don't want you to do is earn any income. If you earn any no. income, then you're on your own. <laughs> well, they want you to earn income. They want you to earn a lot all at once. They, they want you to just instantly be earning enough that you don't need them. That's- and you know what, V? I'm completely in the market for being instantly wealthy. I've got so many quick <laughs> scams just ready to go, just ready to wheel out. I bet out. you do, Pat. <laughs> you know, I've just been marinating on them like a, like a fine piece of chicken in the fridge. Um, that's what I've been doing, V. Amazing. Um, mate, I might give you a, give me a hand with my first segment of the show here. My first segment's called uh-huh. Existential Dread. And, um, sure. <laughs> and what it's about is just checking in with you about what, oh, what scale your existential dread's on from 1 to 10 um, mm. when you're sitting. But in order to do that, we've got to sing the theme tune. And the theme tune, uh, my part goes, Existential Dread. And if you could sing a little harmony also. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I'll do my best. Uh, that would be that would be absolute perfection, V. Do you reckon you can make something happen in that front? I'll make something happen. <laughs> that's that's the sort of enthusiasm I like. Okay, we'll Great. go on three. Ready? One, two, three. Existential dread. Yeah, very good. Very good. How was that? Oh, perfect, V. Perfect. Everything you do is perfect. Um, oh, thanks. You're so welcome. Hey, pal, what, how's your existential dread? Where's it sitting on a scale from 1 to 10? Ooh, um, I don't know if dread is the right word for it, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. It's kind of, it's certainly, I'm just, I'm not going to answer it, am I? Let's just go with 7 and then I'll go with my <laughs> <laughs> Let's say 7 just to get that out of the way. That's the Thank question. You so much. But I don't quite think... Dread is the word. Like, it's certainly existential, but mm. um, I don't know. I think it would imply not having had a certain amount of existential dread before and all of a sudden it ramping up when actually it's kind of the dread part of it's the same, ah, I think. okay. Perhaps. So you operate with a pretty high <laughs> level of existential uh, insert word here. And, uh, the, well, dread uh, is kind of like a – dread sort of implies a certain amount of like – I don't know. Foreboding. Like, yeah, and it's definitely bad, but I don't think it's definitely bad. Like, I'm certainly having existential thoughts, but I don't think there's necessarily, like, we're going towards doom and gloom. Do you know what I mean? So it's probably, like, existential anxiety or existential angst, but not quite dread. Violette, thank you for bringing your specificity to this podcast. (laughs) It's been hanging out for it. It's been a very unspecific, bloody generalised time over here. Okay, so, V, your existential angst is currently sitting at a seven. Um, what's what's put you to a seven, pal? What's what's making you feel like a seven? Do you think? Oh, I'm well. It's just probably all the uncertainty of it, which is like the obvious bit. But I guess that's not entirely like like when has it not been? When has it all not been uncertain? Mm. I think it's sort of like the thought that occurred to me today is that this has made me think about us in history like as like we're in a point in history and like maybe previously if i say thought about people in the like when they were going through the black plague or when they were going through the spanish flu or something it's just like i i necessarily thought that those people were different to the people to us humans now like there's like some level of like cognitive dissonance of like well that could never happen again or like we're, we're too advanced for something like, you know, like a bug to, like, come and get us in that same sort of way or we have better hygiene. I don't know, something that kind of separates us living right now in the present out of history in a sense. But it almost feels like, which I guess is a normal feeling, is like as history is happening, it just feels like the present or it just feels like day to day. But 
now it kind of feels like I can already hear the history writing itself in the present, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really and it puts does. us in, like, I can hear the bit of the textbook that we, we sit in. Like, <laughs> but, like, do you know what I mean? It's, we're there. It's, it's printed or something, which yeah. is not normally the case. And so it just kind of makes me feel very little and very much like a part of everything, which actually is not so dreadful, right? It just sort mm. of actually makes me feel more connected to other people in crisis in other points in history. You know what, man? I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, since since like 2016, right, when we had Brexit come in and Donald Trump got elected and, you know, all of that happened in one year and all mm. those famous people died in, in the one year. Like all those people that are like foundational in our childhoods and our yes. world died. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I wonder when like my members in my family have kids or grandkids and they come up to me, you know, in 30 or 40 years and they're like, Pat, did you know that this was Buck Wild at the time? Were you aware? Like, did you know? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. I'll, actually, let's be I was there. <laughs> I'll be more like, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. I, I, I don't know, man. I've Buck met your Wild. dad. You guys sound pretty similar. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, dude. So, yeah, I, I really do get that. I really do get that feeling that you, we do f it does feel very historic um and there's a sort of level of trauma that comes with that i think that we know from reading those exact same books how bad the spanish flu was and how bad mm. bloody the black plague was and you know we are all just humans trying to get through this crazy bloody weird thing yeah, and it's sort of, I guess the uncertainty, um, maybe the distinction I would make is that it's not like, what am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to pay the bills? Like, I'm sort of, I think, like most people I interact with, are in a position where we are not really, like, we're in a position of privilege. We're not really so uncertain that the next day we might not have, like, a roof over our heads. Like, there are certainly lots of people that are in much worse situations. So, I don't think it's that kind of uncertainty, like that immediate uncertainty, but it's sort of more casting a light on like oh like countries cannot be those countries anymore like throughout history countries have changed and folded and certain you know borders have collapsed and like i mean when the west australian border went up and i was like could we be seeing like the beginning of like west australia just soaring itself off and like seceding because you know those things are not fixed and i think it's very easy to trick yourself into thinking things are fixed as you're living through them and you're just like yeah those and I think the Trump presidency had a bit of sprinkling of that feeling, being like, no, 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 this is not the kind of person who is presidential and it's always been a certain way. But actually, like, throughout time, politicians have been the ones that brought, you know, the biggest circus to town or something. So yeah. these ideas are not fixed just because they – and we just have a bad memory for that, like a cultural memory. We don't really – we've decided that what's happening right now is what's happening. But, yeah, it's just reminded me a bit that everything can change overnight. And that everything's kind of made up by us, you know? We Completely, are, which is why it can change. Because yeah. <laughs> we've just invented it. We yeah. invented it. Like, we invented all of this stuff. We invented the line where West Australia ends and South Australia begins. <laughs> like, we we looked at a map and went, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good spot. That's about right. That yeah. seems about legit. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, you know, it is, it's, it's overwhelming for that, I think. And And you're right about the memory thing. You know, I really feel like we don't, 
we're so overwhelmed with information and news and current mm. affairs that we even forget crap that happened 10 years ago. We don't even like, I, I consciously don't even know it's 2020 a lot of the time and that 10 mm. years ago it was 2010. Like I, that takes conscious effort for me to realize, let alone, you know, political, socio and geographic events over the last sort of 30 years like that, that it's all like mm. into my sieve brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like we underestimate what you can do we, can, we overestimate what can be done this week or today or this year, but you underestimate what gets done across like a 10-year period or you just don't even pay it because you can't pay attention to it. It's like too hard to actively pay attention to things for that long all at once. It's like trying to look at the universe. You know what I mean? It's even like trying yeah. to look at every <laughs> single individual star in a galaxy. You're just like, ah! yeah, Yeah, like, you know, those charts where you zoom out and it's, it's at the point where you can no longer see the earth, that you can no longer actually comprehend it like it's you know when it's no longer relative to yourself but yeah it sort of just feels so i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing like the dread i guess going back to that i guess i don't there's like a little part of me that like all this change like excitement's the wrong word so anxiety is kind of more the word but it's just an interest in how things are going to shift and land and what the future might look like and what things could we possibly change for the better as well out of all this? Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, if one thing we get rid of is like our interactions with people in supermarkets, I am freaking down for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate going to supermarkets. I hate the whole experience. And uh, all of this home delivery has been great for me. I am absolutely into it. Yeah, um, 100%. All this and like the working from home stuff. I haven't done it for very long, but my partner who's been doing it is like, this is, I'm 100% more productive doing this and I'm a lot better off. I have a lot less stress in my life. It's amazing that we only, we just didn't think this was possible until it had to be. And I, I know for like in the arts as well, I've been doing some like play readings and stuff. And it's amazing to think back at, at how many developments or readings of plays were held back because we couldn't get a space or we couldn't afford a space or you couldn't book a space in Sydney to do it in. And mm. all of a sudden it's like, why did we ever think that was a hurdle that we had to leap across in the first place? It's kind of amazing. Yeah. And I, can you imagine how good it would be v, if we had um, a proper NBN? Imagine if we had five of the bloody house. Yes. Holy moly. <laughs> the infrastructure, obviously, notwithstanding. But yeah. <laughs> imagine that. We could be, a, it'd be a whole new world. Well, pal, here's, here's what I would like to throw to you that all being the case. Um, what, what sort of stuff have you been doing, V, or watching or reading that has been really worth your time? Like what's been making Ooh. this isolation experience, you know, more bearable for you? Um, I guess I like to do stuff. So I you are do a doer, on, v. You are yeah, a doer of things. I do fall more on the kind of irritatingly productive side of people, which I think <laughs> yeah, it's totally cool if you're not. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a sort of uh, it's like when people wake up early. There's a sort of pretension attached to it. So it's like I got a lot of things done, and that is necessarily better than if you didn't get things done, which I don't believe. But I am the kind of person who wants to be busy and getting stuff done, um, and I think I've been doing a lot of like, because um, so my partner Michael, his uh, cousin is with us at the moment as well. So that's kind of fun. So there's just more than just the two of us in the house. But we've been doing a lot of like cooking recipes that normally take longer than you would have time for when you're just coming home from work, like that kind of stuff. Outstanding, V. What have you been cooking? Oh, okay. So Give I some detail. Yeah, for sure. So Mike's making <laughs> Mike's making a sourdough. Of course he is. So he's Get got the starter going. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I, for the first time the other day, did this like 
Lebanese dish that I always thought was like way too difficult for me to do. And I just found these like tiny zucchinis. And it's that one where you like stuff the zucchinis, you core them and you stuff them. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. With like a rice mix, like a rice tomato thing. I love that And I just always, yeah, it's delicious. And I always thought it was like way too hard. So I made that. Um, and was I made that the, did you post a thing about your mum's or your grandma's? I post everything. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so, like the spinach triangles and things like that. Um, so there's been lots of cooking in the house. I love that. I love that. But also, then there's like periods of nothing at all as well. And I think the thing that staves off, you know, the existential dread as well is just taking a hot second to reflect on like that my world is not falling apart. And for a lot of people, their worlds are falling apart and just kind of going, cool, I'm lucky. Like my grandma is safe in her home with like living with family. Like my parents are safe at home. I'm Mm. safe at home. Like it's chill, you know, like I have no reason really to panic. So that helps. V, absolutely. And look, I say it every episode on this podcast, but there there really is this pervasive um, cultural desire for this time to be productive in some way. The, the mm. overarching narrative being, you know, about Shakespeare heading into because of the plague and writing King Lear. I don't think yeah. anybody has to write fucking King Lear. You know, I'm not saying Yeah, that and if they do, all. like, that's great too, but like... I love that. <laughs> you hey, don't have if, to, yeah. <laughs> if you come out with um, King Lear 2, Lear Strikes Back, um, or Revenge of the Lear, like, that is something I'm 100% into. But um, <laughs> don't feel that you have to do that. Also... But was, also, wasn't Shakespeare feel like I don't know if I, I probably want to verify this because I'm pretty sure I saw this on Reddit so you know don't quote me but I'm pretty sure Shakespeare was hoarding grain during a bunch of famines and like shortages in his time as well so he's yeah. essentially the equivalent of a toilet roll holder like hoarder <laughs> in his house as well so <laughs> he might have been writing King Lear but it was from like a toilet paper fortress and you know it's worth pointing out that all the documentation points to the fact that Shakespeare probably wasn't a good dude like he doesn't <laughs> Probably yes, he's, he's more complicated, surely. I mean, you know, he's like, he's like definitely a complicated guy, but I just don't know that we need to idolise him that hard. I think we need to idolise the no. work. I think his work is incredible, but I don't think we need to idolise the dude. Uh, undoubtedly a toilet paper hoarder. Definitely shipped his <laughs> wife off halfway across the country so he could just sleep around. You know, was he was living the T- dream. Tax evader? I think he was a bit of a tax evader tax as evader well. as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a pretty wild cat. Um, off Shakespeare and back to Ayad, um, V, uh, you've been doing some cooking. I love that. I love that. You've been taking mm. some downtime. Have you been reading anything? Have you been playing any games? Have you been listening to any things? Oh, yeah. I've been reading The Goldfinch, which I'm quite into. Um, it's an appropriate... It's um, the Donna Tart, the other Donna Tart book. So I think it's The Secret History that people are mostly familiar with. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a Penguin Classic sort of thing. But then... Is it a Penguin Classic or is it just those orange ones? Are those orange ones Penguin Classic? I think so. It doesn't matter. Keep on keeping okay. on. <laughs> yeah, so I've been reading that um, and I have very much in a big way gravitated back to playing a lot of Civ because it's the kind of game that makes the time go by real quick and then you look <laughs> up, it's, it's 2am. So that's good. Um, before I get to see if I was talking about that with Nathan the other day, but um, of course. On, on on the goldfinch front, V, what's the goldfinch about? So it's a, oh, well, how much can I say before it's, it's a kid who's been through an accident of some kind Mm -hmm. and it's about him having to grow up um 
real he's in like oh it's really hard not to say what I can't the say but sure. yeah he's but up he, real fast. he's grown up real fast and he yeah it's, it's he's on his own he's in New York and then he's shipped off somewhere else and then he comes back and it's just seeing it like the world through his eyes and actually you know what the book I'm about halfway through I probably couldn't tell you thematically what the book is about yet I'm probably at a point where it's about to make itself clear yeah but you've been enjoying it, V. It's been giving you a bit of life. Yeah. No, reading's always good, I think. It, like, slows my brain down. Ah, old fast brain, Ayad. That's what we call you. Yeah. It's a long oh, nickname. cool. But it's good <laughs> um, I'll and, take it. Dude, and the Civ, obviously, like, the Civ we talked about a bit with Nathan, but an empire-building, absolutely <sighs> massive game in terms of, like, sheer length of playing time. Uh-huh. Go through all those ages from 4000 BC right through to 2020 AD all the world wonders all of the maps are up for grabs wars diplomacy yada yada um what do you find in Civ V that's that's giving you a bit of life mate what do you, what's what's giving you joy about it mm, I I like the sense of accomplishment that is inherent in it when you're like building stuff like there is a weird I think it triggers the same thing in your brain that like finishing a task does absolutely do you know that feeling where you're like, yes, I built Petra. And then I'm like, <laughs> great. <laughs> I did something. And it is, it's quite funny because, you know, you get up and you've not done anything for four hours, but it felt like you did. And so that well, you feels really nice. You negotiated a couple of really important diplomatic trade deals as well. That, yeah. You know. And then you let some slip through the cracks because you were getting impatient with them, which also happens. I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. Um, <laughs> click. Yes. Um, but also my sister has started playing it. So that's really exciting because she lives in Perth and I'm in Sydney. And so it's kind of nice. I think video games is a really fun thing to do when you want to spend time. Well, it's like a good, um, it's a good, thing where you like that relationship is normally the case where you would just be in each other's presence and you wouldn't have to like do something you can just like potter around with each other Mm. so that not being available it's kind of like that like you're both doing something but you just happen to be within earshot of each other so you can it's like that relaxed kind of hanging out not like we have to keep up a conversation sort of thing and are you chatting um over audio over discord or something v yeah, we were over Discord the other day, but her computer is such, it's like really old laptop that it can't both run like both Steam and Discord at right, the same right, time. Right, 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 so right, right, right. so yeah, now yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like a little Facebook chat thing, like a video oh. call at the bottom of my screen, which is really cute. That is great, dude. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Alex Chowell in our first, my first episode was saying that he's playing Settlers of Catan with his sister in, um, oh, yeah. in, cool. in London. And so she has a board there and then him, his mum and his dad all sit together and they have a board in Sydney. And um, Oh, know, wait, so then how do they register her moves and stuff? Like uh, does she, she tell them? matches the board that they have. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. And uh, everyone's totally above board and there's never any fights and it all goes really well apparently according to Alex. <laughs> um, but I love that, like, this situation with COVID is forcing people to get really creative in how they're using technology. Mm. and to using technology to connect with each other. And I actually really love it, you know? Yeah, same, it's, totally. It's so much innovation in it and people finding really cool ways to do it and I'm I'm loving that. I think it's really It's also really cool. kind of like really clarifying for me who I actually want to spend time with. And yeah. I think like it probably says something that I've spent, you know, a bunch of time hanging out with my sister when normally I'd go a week and I'd forget to check in on her, but I'd be hanging out with a bunch of people who like, I'm sure I'm having a good time, but it's funny now that I have to like pick 
and orchestrate a hangout, how small the group of people has become very quickly that I actually want to put that energy and time into. Yeah, for sure. So that's, yeah. That's cool, Veeam. I love that. I love that you're playing some Civ with your sister, dude. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and any any last ones, V? Any last recommendations you'd like to throw to the humans? I think a long series that you're quite familiar with Ooh. is a good thing right now. Like a... And like a like something that doesn't take too much of your brain space, like Community or Brooklyn Nine Nine mm. or like Sex in the City. Those are my go tos of like just churning through those in the background of your life is a pretty cool thing. And like is a calming or The Simpsons is a good one, really comforting, like really nostalgic, yeah. And comforting. Yeah, I love that. I haven't watched any Simpsons in ages. I'd love to go back. To oh, it'll of... make you feel so much better. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> It's don't, so good. Where would you recommend starting, V? People want to Ooh. go back and watch The Simpsons. Where should they start? Because there's so much bloody content there. Yeah, but you don't have to go over it. It's not, it, like, the start is not the problem. I think you can start at season two. Like, even season one is, like, cute in how, like, you can go to season one and at least it's sort of charming in how it sort of is being made, like you're watching the show come together. I think you just have to stop somewhere before season nine or something because that's, Copy. it just, yeah. You want like to be even in that six. Sweet is, two to sort of six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, spot. I think maybe it's like maybe it's probably like three to three to six is probably your optimum. And oh, then yeah. it's just yeah, it fizzles. Three to six, folks. Three to six on The Simpsons get around it. I have been watching I some think- Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've been really enjoying that. Um, Peralta's hijinks they are so enjoyable to watch yeah the captain is the captain gives me life I love him Andre his, Andre yeah, his dead face like stone cold delivery of comedy is brilliant I love it so much and I don't know how he manages to deliver those lines as deadpan <laughs> as he does like yeah it's it's incredible like, I can't do that at all I'm much more in the like Jack Peralta park of somebody smirking as they're delivering their punchline no, like that is you're, you're renowned for your deadpan comedy for your that's oh, what everybody says in your power. <laughs> i've got a lot of nicknames i'd never heard until tonight <laughs> that's what i'm here for v i just come into your life and just drop nicknames on you um that is a fact that it, is a fact it is actually a legitimate fact it's true it's proven by science um that's so good v i i love all of that i think that's i think that's some really um uplifting stuff and and yeah, I mean, I was even, I made a, I ventured out to the shops the other day only because I had to. And uh, as I arrived in the Coles, it was playing, you are my fire. <laughs> and all I could think about was that bit with Peralta um, where he gets the people in the lineup to sing it. Um, mm. And it's so good. So, do you recognize any of these men? I was hiding in the bathroom stall, so I didn't see his face, but I heard him. He was singing along to the music at the bar. Do you remember what he was singing? I think it was that song, I Want It That Way. Backstreet Boys, I'm familiar. Okay. Number one, could you please sing the opening to I Want It That Way? Really? Okay. You are my fire. Number two, keep it going. The one desire. Number three. Believe when I say. Number four. I want it that way. Tell me why. Chills, literal chills. 
It was number five. Number five killed my brother. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. I mean, just give me that, like, really wonderfully written comedies. Wonderfully written. Yes, so tight. That and community. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been into community? I love community, absolutely. Yeah, so tight. You're like, cool, this is, it seems really fun and easy because it's so well written underneath it all. Again, though, you've got to pull out a community at a really specific point, and that's oh, you just you have to skip season four. That's you just don't even watch it. Just drop it. Jump. Just the drop thing. it. Just like three to five. Like I don't know. Yeah, obviously they could not get rid of the showrunner and think the show was going to stay the same, and so it just fell apart. But yeah, just skip it. I would advise not even bothering. And like one to three is brilliant. Skip mm. season four, and then as soon as Donald Glover goes, yeah, I pull the pin. Yeah, it does. It does die. But it dies more gracefully than what happened in season four, though. Yeah, season four is a train wreck. <laughs> it's a mess. Is a genuine mess. Um, if you want to go and see how to make a mess out of a great television show, watch oh. season four of. Well, Community. you just fire the showrunner and expect that things will just continue and not turn into this really sad pastiche of what it once was. Do you know what <laughs> we can do? We can get this central creative force behind this project, and we'll just remove it, and it will have no effect. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fine, I'm sure. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, V. Hey, man, thanks so much for your time, pal. Really, no really love to speak to you. Um, did you have anything last that you wanted to throw out before I, I sent you off on your merry way to go and get some food, maybe crack into that bottle of white wine in your fridge? Oh, um, no, I just, uh, just hope everyone's staying chill, staying happy. I hope that people who actually genuinely do need help and support can find it but i think yeah just just like be easy on yourself i think would be my my underline of of everything i think that's a great underline v i'm totally there with you pal i'm going to be easy on myself this evening and get some thai food and drink some beers with my girlfriend that's my lovely isn't that good say hi to polly for me (laughs) i will um lovely to chat v you take it really easy dude bye pat love to speak to you you too Thanks to Violet Ayad for joining us. Wonderful to have her on the show. I think a really great perspective there. And yeah, maybe I've been wrong with existential dread all this time. Maybe it's more existential anxiety. I don't know. But I've already made the theme tune, folks, so it's too late. Uh, moving right along. <laughs> Thanks to Violet again. Let's do some credits. Music this episode. Our introduction was Mr. Lonely by Bobby Vinton, 1964 Epic Records. We also had I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys, 1994 off Millennium, Zomba Records, performed by the cast of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is Fox and NBC, 2013 to now. Background music is As I Figure from Latinx from Kevin McLeod, 2015. News clips in this episode were CNN, ABC Australia, BBC, all from the 15th of April, 2020. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, search for at ISOCast, or one word, or on Twitter at the ISO underscore cast, because somebody stole my Twitter handle. Uh, folks, really, really nice of you to join us for this episode really do appreciate it we'll be back on tuesday with another episode for you i'm thinking i'm going to be switching back to doing just one episode a week pretty soon as my other work is starting to heat up so hopefully that's okay for your lives really appreciate everyone that's listened to it so far if you have the opportunity to tell a friend to shout us with a five-star recommendation on your podcatcher of choice to spread the word to share it on social media would be really 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 kind of you folks i really desperately appreciate that that 
that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch you next Tuesday. All the best. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Take it easy.